trigger warning for this podcast may contain explicit sexual material like every other episode we've ever done what's up everybody thanks for pressing play today in today's episode of nerd nostalgia you're gonna catch me Irvin, doing a solo ish episode we have a special guest and we're gonna go over comic books collecting, selling, and just everything. So we're going to have our main man, Gazer, on here, and we'll introduce him here in a little bit. All right, guys, y'all know the drill. As always, please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five stars. Tell your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, wife, uncle, cousin, tell your dog if they have an Apple product, steal it from them, drop that five star, help us grow our viewership. All right, guys, y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. I'm Miho Nishizumi, and this is Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And thanks for stopping by, Panzer Vor. Oh, and fuck you, Brian, with an I. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Nerd Nostalgia. In today's episode, we have a super special guest for you, something that we are hoping that will be on a monthly basis or at the very least on a bi-monthly basis. We have a special guest today. You know him as George, but more than likely you know him as Gazer on Instagram, on the old IG, Gazer Collects. So welcome, George. Welcome, Gazer. I'm going to refer to him as Gazer this episode. But yeah, welcome, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm excited for this segment. You know, we're going to be talking comics. We're going to be talking a bunch of different uh, topics for sure. But before before we get into it, why don't you actually tell the people uh, listening in, the listeners, our nerds, a little bit about yourself. Give uh, give the background, you know, how we met and just a little bit about you, bud. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, kind of the way we met uh, going back was through an auction, I believe. You know, I started collecting uh, comic books. I'm a kid, basically, and uh, I kind of did a resurgence of, of collecting the last uh, probably the last three to four years. And I started doing posts on Instagram, just kind of posting my, my, my comic books. And that kind of morphed as the more people I met, I realized there was a huge community. And that led me to do auctions. And every once in a while, it, you know, because I like for my collection to basically pay for itself without me going into, you know, your bank's bank account, your savings and whatnot. So long story short, I've been doing uh, Instagram auctions for a while and I found a, a uh, a local uh, comic book collector that was selling a stack of books, and I just came back from picking them up, uh, mostly X-Men and some modern books, and uh, pretty happy with uh, with what I got. Bro, that's absolutely awesome. Congratulations on finding that. I was, I'm glad that you were able to, to get some stuff. Uh, when is the next auction going to be? When are you going to put some of those books up for sale on the old IG? Honestly, I don't know. I'm uh, Yeah, so... I'll uh, I'll let you know, but for for the time being, I have to go process the books, make see what I have, and see what I'm going to be selling. So it, it usually once I get new books, it probably takes I'd probably say a couple weeks, um, a little less, but uh, we can probably say in, in in that time frame. All right, all right, fair enough. So be on the lookout for that, peeps. But hey, man, so I know the audience can't see this, but I'll I'll explain it to them. I see in the background he's he's in his man cave here. His uh, 
Fortress of Solitude, his Fortress of Nerdydom, the Gazer Bat Cave, the Gazer Cave. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. But uh, in the background, I see something that I, a grail that I actually want to have at some point. But that Batman Beyond, I see that in the corner there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's right there. I'm sorry. I thought you were looking on, online or something. Yeah, uh, it's a book that's that I recently got from a, a guy from IG, actually. That's, that's, that's where I got it from. Uh, it was such a good deal. I had to jump on it. I already had a copy. Uh, I don't know if it, for for those that that are uh, veteran collectors, uh, newsstand and 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 direct copies, and there's so many variation of books. Uh, this happens to be a free comic book day uh, edition, and I saw it, and it was a nine point eight, and I just I just had to have it. Yeah, man, that's a that's a sweet book. Like I said, that's on my uh, my hunting list for sure. Somewhere down the road, I really love Batman Beyond. I grew up watching the show, so definitely something that I'm on the uh, on the hunt for. Now I'm noticing that that's like the promotional one or something, right? That's not a that's not a newsstand. And on that kind of topic, I'm curious what uh, what your thoughts are on newsstand variants and how that's kind of hitting the market lately, and people are noticing. That uh, that those are a little bit harder, rarer to find in a high kind of grade. I'm curious what your what your overall thoughts are on that. Well, what's interesting about newsstands, and for those that are not aware, newsstand copies were precisely that they were they were books that were made to be distributed through the different newsstands. Uh, you know, back in the day, you would go to, you know walk down the sidewalk and you had your newsstand, and so these books were different in the sense that they had the uh, they had the little scan bar on the on the bottom barcode. There you go, on the bottom left corner, and so that way they can scan it and you know process the book easier uh, compared to your direct copy that usually had you know they had a, a drawing or a character or a message in, in in the case of DC books. But the thing about newsstands is that since they were designed to be displayed out and about, it's hard to find copies and really great shape because they were usually uh you know held back by newspapers they were stacked on you know on however they had it they had them on racks and so newsstand became kind of niche kind of thing in the sense that uh oh this book is actually smaller print run they're actually a little harder to get in great condition and so people are starting to pick up on that people are kind of getting more and more into it especially now that they realize wait a minute these books are actually a little more valuable in the sense that they're not as much as you would find a direct copy. Man, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. That makes total sense that that's what they would do. And so those newsstands, I totally remember, you know, being in the comic book shops back in the day as a kid and seeing the stands. Like, I remember seeing them. Um, so I think that's that's crazy that it's become such a niche and that people are finding that. But man, sometimes those newsstands are just doubling or tripling in price. It, it's it's crazy. It's getting pretty crazy. The you know how scalpers usually find any excuse to raise their prices. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it's funny that you mentioned the rack. I was actually there's a local shop here. I'm not going to mention the name. I don't want to give them any bad publicity. But uh, they actually have a, a rack where they put you know their cheaper books. 
And man, sometimes I'm going through the ride because, you know, there's sometimes you find some good stuff. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this book just got dropped in price, I'm sure. Yeah, it's because when you you tend to to pull the book and kind of uh, pass through the book. So you pull them back. And as you pull them back, it causes a crease right in the center of the book. And so it, it definitely takes away from the from the aesthetic of the of the book, and you just lose interest in it. So that's part of the reason why, where uh, newsstands have become so popular because you know they're just they usually all were manhandled and they were they're in bad shape. Bro, yeah, I totally hear you. But shame on that damn LCS for putting the books like that. <laughs> exactly. It was like, yeah, we're in 2020. You should know better than this. And. Uh, but, you know, you can't complain when it's a dollar rack, so I guess you get what you pay for. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, that uh, that feeling that, that you get whenever you do find, like you're going through the dollar bins and you find something, you're just like, yes, like you, that feeling is just super awesome. You know what I'm talking about? For a seasoned collector, it, it's such a good feeling to go through a rack, especially when everything is dollar and then realize, wait a minute. This is such a valuable comic. Ah, oh, just found that, and you just you you hear those the ah, you know, <laughs> to get that key. That's uh, definitely a great a, a great feeling. Yeah, I actually recently was at the LCS and or, or one of them, one of two. I go to two different spots. You probably know which ones they are. One's off of Fifty Nine and uh, like Greenbrier or something like that. But anyways, um, found. Devil May Cry comics that I had been hunting and I'd been eyeing for a while. So I was pretty stoked to find that and they were having a sale. So it was a double win for me because I paid under cover price and under what the books are actually worth. So that was pretty cool and I was excited for that. They're not worth much, but it was it was still something, you know. I love that feeling. Even when it's something small like that, it's still pretty cool. It's still pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a great feeling for a collector to find to go hunting and to find what you're looking for, which is, you know, it's fairly rare, uh, but it's always fun. And, and when you when you actually get what you're looking for, oh, great feeling. Yeah, you know what? On the topic of getting stuff, you know, going out, there's guys that we're, we're in a group chat with that I feel like they are always hitting the lottery and finding stuff, dude. And I I just don't. I don't have that here. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to the wrong places or something, but those guys are always lucking out and finding these big grails. I'm just like, fuck, dude, like show me what you're doing. Yeah. You see all these people posting, oh, look at all this stuff that I found on on the hunt. And and they find all these really expensive comics. And they're I, I've noticed there's a tendency of the of the of that kind of the people that find really good stuff to be on the coast. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like in the New York area or the or in the California, because every time I go, I, I can probably say that the that the market here in the Houston area is dry. I could never go and say, "Oh my goodness, look! I found all these all these Silver Age books or all this Golden Age." Uh, there's really not the it's it's just not a even though there's lots of collectors here, but to find that those kind of gems. It's really rare in this in, in the Houston area, in my opinion, and in my experience. Uh, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Yeah, man. No, I'm right there with you. I feel like uh, every time I go to the fucking antique store, I I don't get shit. Or I, there aren't even really antique stores here. But every time I go to half price books and stuff like that, I don't come back with anything good. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I went I went to the antique st store and I came back with a giant size X-Men number 1 and uh, Hulk 181 and I was like, "How? How? Teach me, teach me, oh wise one. Teach me, master. <laughs> Show me the way." And this is my theory. Uh, don't don't take my word for it, but um, I think that back in the in the seventies and eighties, I think the comic book market in this area was just not popular. I don't think there were that many collectors, and so I think that the amount of of those kind of keys and books they just never made it to this area. Uh, so I, that's only my you know what I think can happen because I I rarely find people where I ask them because I tend to ask them where did you find this book. And they're always like, oh, I bought it on eBay or I, I got it from a friend. And, and I never see, look, I found this at this local uh, comic book store. Uh, but but uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and talking about uh, now that you mentioned that about the antique shop, I do know I have a buddy on IG that he does that. He'll take a Saturday and he'll drive three to four hours just going antique shop to antique shop and he does find things but it's even even doing that uh, he's from the dallas area the fort fort worth area and he'll go travel you know texarkana or he'll go south of the area and he'll go driving you know in the surrounding towns and he'll find some good stuff but even even by doing that he doesn't find the big stuff, the, th the stuff that you really want to find. And so it's, it's fun. I, I mean, unfortunately, because kids and family stuff, I just don't have the time anymore to, to drive around and, do, yeah, take a whole day. Maybe I should. Dude, we should totally set up a road trip and go to, like, all the rare shops. Yeah. Or rather the smaller ones in, like, small towns and stuff. See what we can find. Absolutely. That sounds like fun. We could totally like record it and do like a whole little video thing. I, th I think that would be dope. Absolutely. That sounds like fun. Speaking of projects that, uh, that I want to do or engage in, right, with that road trip being one of them, I think something else that would be super cool would be to go around to different areas and schools and just drop off like stacks of comic books, right, to, to get the kids reading and interested in stuff. But... Also, that would kind of ensure the future of comic book collectors because, you know, if you remember reading a certain comic when you were six or seven or whatever, you know, you got it for free, then that would that would give you that sense of nostalgia that you're looking for. And that would help the comic book collecting community for the future because you're setting up the uh, the future collectors, you know, whenever they start making money, whenever they graduate college and that kind of stuff and have their jobs and they have uh, that disposable income and they can spend it on you know this fun hobby we can we can share it with other people absolutely and, and it all comes to nostalgia for me co collecting comic books takes it back to when i was growing up to a feeling to to a better time or to a time where you remember having fun and, and just uh just having all those memories and and so as generations pass uh, for instance I, as a person that it started off as reading comic books and having those memories, but now, you know, you see the collectible value and, and you have that in your possession and it just brings back 
uh, all these thoughts of uh, evokes all these moments uh, in the past. So we need to instill in, instill that in our in our kids, and so that's why uh, in my case, uh, and my wife also helps in the sense that she, you know, my kids are being homeschooled now, and so she's doing a really good job into training them and 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 and. and teaching them the value of reading. Because uh, going back to what you mentioned, I think that the, the, the movies changed the game. And so uh, the movies changed everything because people that were not aware of comic books, oh, they saw it on the, on, on the big screen. It's like, wait a minute, this is actually pretty cool. But then people, you know, started grabbing comic books and started reading them and they realized that this there's something really good to have here. But I think that what you're saying is key. We have to start with the kids. We have to get them into reading the comic books. And, and, and once you start doing that, they realize, wait a minute, this is cool. And they, they get that nostalgia. It's like, I remember when I had that, my first comic book. Oh, man, I remember that character. And that, that inspires them to go back and, and pick up those books as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, you know, you think about those times when you were a kid. Um, you know, you think about Ninja Turtles, and you think about uh, GI Joe and He Man, and uh, you know, sit, sit, yeah, sitting in your grandma's living room, and you know, having your Chef Boyardee. Yeah, Chef Boyardee for lunch. Your Capri Suns. Your Lunchables. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Your Sunny D. Damn, Gazer, you were rich. You had Sunny D. Man, I had fucking orange drink, son. Not even fucking purple drink and orange drink. I didn't have no fucking Sunny D. <laughs> Why have orange juice when you can have non-orange juice? <laughs> orange product. Who knows where it comes from? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. But switching back over to, uh, to to nostalgia and kind of vintage pieces and that kind of stuff, I'm curious to ask you this because you know we we mentioned this before I think off offline at some point or through communicating on the IG, but CBCS recently changed their uh, packaging or not packaging but their slabs, their encased comic protectors, and so on the topic of that. You know, you have also CGC that has old school ones that were out on the market and new school ones, right? Because they've switched it up. Um, and so I'm curious what you think about if the market's ever going to shift into somebody wanting to collect the old school one, you know, like the one that was slabbed in 19 fucking 80, whatever, 1990, 19, whatever, you know, a vintage one, if you will, versus a new one. So I'm curious, what do you think about that? Like, is that going to be part of the collecting community? Are people going to want the older school ones or are they going to want the uh, the newer stuff right now that, uh, that has like the extra little designs and, and shit that uh, CGC is doing with their labels? That's an interesting point that you bring up. I, I honestly, and this is my opinion, I honestly think that it's kind of in the reverse. Uh, if The way I see the market, usually when a person buys a slab, they buy it for the book, 
and they'll take that book. And if it's an older, for example, uh, if it's an older CGC case, the way they used to seal the book and the way that the case itself, it's a very, it was, it looked very archaic and the plastic wasn't very uh, shiny. It was a little opaque. And so people, what they'll do is they'll send it back in to get the newer case, the shinier case. But it's very interesting what's happening with the with the community and and with collecting it, itself with the with the slabs. It's very interesting. Yeah, man. And you have the two biggest companies. You know, uh, CGC, which is technically like the gold standard, and that's what people tend to go for. That's the the one that people like for reselling, right? And then CBCS, I feel like, is more for PCs and that kind of stuff and, like, certain signature ones. But it's caused a whole discussion about it, you know. And uh, City Limit Comics, shout out to you, bro. He uh, he does a great job, you know, putting CGC on blast and, and just really overall discussing what's going on with, with their stuff, their quality and all that kind of stuff. He's discussed their quality, their everything, but, you know, he also talked about the uh, the slabs. He actually had a video, I'm sure he has it on his page, where he goes over the difference between a um, a new slab and an old slab from CBCS and that kind of shift that they made. City Limits is uh, raising uh, his views on the diversity of, of slabbing and whatnot. Um, but uh, people are people are just collecting slabs. For instance, the the person which I bought this small collection from today, he mentions that he is just moving to collect slabs. Uh, graded comics uh, for those that are not aware you know the term slaps it's it's graded comics yeah it's not a slow loud and banging car <laughs> sorry folks that's like a, a houston thing slabs are a reference to a, a type of car they're uh, slow loud and banging hence the term slab but yeah it's not the uh, the same slab that we are currently discussing that is an encased a slab is an encased comic book and it's not a you know piece of concrete or anything like that you know it does not mean it does not mean a piece of concrete <laughs> or marble but so it's and and look it's 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 a very contagious uh, way of collecting um in my case uh, the way i view it is that it 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 does make the book a little more appealing but i think there's another aspect in the sense that it conserves the book as well but yeah, going back to your point, I think that the, the that the collecting community, there is a shift and there there is a, an an evolution there. Yeah, let's kind of talk about that shift, that that evolution that you're talking about with CBCS and CGC. You know, the um, CGC is the gold standard, and I said this before, but that's where everybody goes if you're a comic book uh, flipper, if you will, if you're a comic book seller. There we go. It's probably a better term. Typically, the value is going to hold higher with CGC slabs, right? Because they've been around the game for forever. But uh, yeah, like kind of go into this a little bit here, Gazer. I know you have more uh, background on this. So what can you what can you tell us about these companies, these grading companies? Um, but for those not aware, the, for the longest time, CGC had a monopoly in grading. They're, I mean, they were the Apple of grading comics. You know, they had the iPod and the iPhone, and no one was, you know, able to compete with them. And so uh, then came an employee from CGC, and he said, you know what, I want to I create my own company because, like you mentioned, there were certain practices that he wasn't agreeing with. 
And so he left, and he uh, joined forces with uh, Beckett, which is a really known uh, sports grading company. Uh, they 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 do the, the the street value guide. They do the sports cards, and uh, they they you know they they specialize in sports uh, memorabilia. And so he joined forces with them, and they created CBCS. And for CBCS, for the longest time, they they took a while to establish a following. And to this day, they're still trying to play cat play catch up with uh, with the CGC. And I think that one of the reasons why uh, their label and you know their aesthetic hasn't evolved too much is because they still don't have the amount of uh, influx that CGC has, and I think they don't want to put in the the amount of probably effort and 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 uh, backing and you know money that goes into that kind of thing, because CGC has Marvel labels. They have uh, you know custom labels where you can have Spider Man on the label, or you can have Hulk or uh, Avengers, X Men, uh, you name it. They had it, uh, or they have it, and. But they are evolving. They continue to, to, to get better. And like you mentioned, their case, they just, they just put out a new case that it started, I believe, uh, I think it's, we're going on two or three months since they just uh, announced that case and uh, released it. Yeah, correct. And uh, I was able to send in some books and get the new case. And it, it, it looks really nice. But I agree with you. The label needs a little work. And, uh, and yes, it, it's still, it's still more pl- pleasing to see, uh, a CGC label, uh, you know, and all, you know, it has that shiny, uh, metallic sticker, you know, it, 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 it looks, it looks professional. Uh, and I'm not saying that CBCS doesn't, but there's still, I think a little ways to go in, in the way that their slap looks is to, to reach uh, the level that CGC is at. I think they'll get there. I believe that they'll get there. Yeah, man, I, th- I think so too. I think they're, uh, they're nipping at the heels there and they've made a couple moves to try to, to inch a little bit closer. I just really wish that they would work on those labels. And I know a lot of the community feels that way too. But because uh, I'm, I'm all about aesthetics, you know, I'm, I'm big on that. I want I want the comic to, to look good in its encasing, right? I don't want it to look like shit. And so I think the labels need a little bit of work. You know, I think that overall CGC's look is uh, is going to be the best. Uh, CBCS is going to come in at second as far as actually, no, I would put EGS labels uh, at the top. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's it's a company out there that does like kind of cool labels, and then you have CGC at second, and then CBCS at third, and then, of course, PGX. We won't even talk about PGX, but they're like negative 17th or something like that, or f- fucking 127th, I don't know, somewhere down there. But uh, yeah, I'm big I'm big on the uh, on the looks, and so I think that that's one area that they need to kind of make up and, and fix, and I think once they do, that'll get them on board and on track to catch up to CGC. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And then going back to, uh, uh, I mean, the real purpose of getting your comic rating is to inspect the condition of the book, see how the book uh, compares to other books in the market. 
And so for those that are, that are not aware of what CGC does or what CBCS does, and so there's a scale from 1 to 10. And you send in your book, and they'll inspect the book. They'll go through the pages. They'll go through the cover, and they'll say, hey, so the condition of this book is a 5, or it's a 7 compared out of 10. A 10 would be absolutely perfect uh, in terms of what the book uh, condition-wise. And so a lot of people like to see, you know, they, they, they want to aspire to get the best condition of that book that they want to own. Um, and so like you mentioned, uh, the, the, there comes the other topic of CGC kind of slipping through the cracks in the sense that, that for the longest time they had that, uh, they had that monopoly and they were the forerunners and they were doing... Uh, they could do anything they wanted, and you know, there was no one to hold, hold them accountable. So now we have CBCS, and, and for those in the comic book community, they are realizing that the kind of the grading for CBCS is a little more realistic, or uh, maybe a little more uh, in detail compared to CGC. Um, some like it, some prefer it that way. <laughs> because they prefer to see a better grade on their book. Some that are uh, completists or they're perfectionists, they want to get as accurate as possible. And so people have started to notice that there was a slip in the way CGC were grading. There was a slip in quality control. Um, you can ask uh, City Limits, and he'll probably tell you everything there is to know. Shout out to City Limits, my man Adam. Good guy. Very passionate. One of the more passionate people that you can find in the in the Instagram comic book community. Bro, you know what? Uh, he fucking reminds me of the Punisher, the actor, the actual actor. Not Dolph or the other dude, but um, John, John whatever, uh, Berthnell or whatever the fuck his name is, but him. Oh yeah, no, he hands down. Have you ever seen the, he uses that uh, face swap app? And he actually put his face on the Punisher, and it, was, it there was you know basically no 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 difference. The resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, bro, they're fucking identical twins separated at birth. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, I don't know if you know the history of him. He could probably pull off being the Punisher because he is a he is a jujitsu trainer, and he used to be a police officer. So. Oh, damn. No, dude. I, I didn't know that uh, that background. Yeah, he fucking is the full-blown, real-life uh, fucking Punisher. He could at least do it if he if he really wanted to. Fucking jujitsu, ex-cop. He's definitely got the backstory. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, uh, he, he has the background. He can definitely pull it off. Uh, but but uh, going back to the, to the grading companies. Um, so, yeah, people started to notice that because of the amount of books that they were getting, uh, you know, as everything, as 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 a company grows bigger and bigger, there's always going to be things that they miss the mark on. But the problem is, is that there's more than there should be. Uh, it's funny enough, um, you're starting to see uh, just things that are plain sight, like books that are graded upside down. Another friend of mine send in a book that it had the cover detached. Um, it's a really rare and expensive book. I think it was a Silver Surfer number one. And, you know, those books are expensive. So he was able to find one 
uh, you know, the cover was detached from the actual book itself, and he's, you can send it in, and they'll grade it, they'll encapsulate it, and you know, you you have the book, it'll probably get like a one, one point five. So they 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 encapsulated the book, so the book was on the top left corner, and the cover was on the bottom right corner. So they didn't even put the effort to match the book with the cover. So you can actually, you know, see uh, the book looked, you know, the way it should be. It was just misplaced drastically, and uh, it was just a mess. He had to call them up, and, you know, their customer service is, is not terrible, but it's just things that you can catch in plain, in plain sight. And then you go to CBCS where they don't make as much mistakes. Uh, I think that uh, they they catch a lot of this, these things. Their quality control is much better in that sense. Okay, okay, fair enough. So let, let me ask you a question then. Do you have a preference to which uh, company you use? I am not going to say I have a preferred grading company because I use them both. I think they're, they both have pros and cons. Um, so I'm not going to hear uh, take sides. Uh, I like them both. But, um, you know, you have to see it for what it is. Yeah, you know, there's, there's fans and people that lean a certain way. It's like being Republican or being a Democrat, right? Exactly, yes. Or a better example would be like Bloods and Crips, you know. <laughs> there you go. Those are perfect uh, examples. Android or Apple. But another thing that you want to take in consideration here is also the market. So for those that sell books, uh, for the majority, they prefer CGC because they've been in the business for the longest. Uh, And so people prefer, like we were talking about, that label. And so if you go to eBay, you'll notice that there's there's a slight price difference, correct, uh, between CBCS books and CGC books. There's a huge price difference between PGX books and everyone else because uh, <laughs> uh, PGX has really gained... Uh, let's just say that the co- the community is not a big fan of PGX. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, PGX books to me just look absolutely horrendous. They're the worst looking of all the ones, um, you know, CGC, CBCS, all that. They just look the worst. Yeah, and it's not only the aesthetic of the product. Uh, a lot of people, and I have never graded with them, so I cannot be uh, a witness to this, but a lot of people have said that the grading has, it, it, there's a slight, uh, also uh, a slip in the, the way they grade. Again, I've never graded with them, so I can't really testify to that yeah dude i've heard stories that like you know their 9.8s or like 9.2s or 9.0s and stuff like that correct yeah what's a five will get a six 6.5 and it's i mean it's it's interesting the, the the whole grading we have to remember and this is the way i see it we have imperfect people grading this and it's all about the, what how you see the book and it's basically your opinion. I mean, these people are trained, but at the end of the day, it's what they see compared to what another person sees. So there's always going to be a variation compared to someone else. So I don't really take it to heart. Uh, honestly, the reason that I grade my books 
is for the encapsulation because it pre preserves the book. It, it makes it aesthetically pleasing. And, and so the great, yes, I mean, if, if I can buy uh, a 9.8, uh, compared to a five, then yeah, I I will get a nine point eight. But if if it's out of reach, then I'll be happy with a five, and it looks nice, it presents well. I'm happy with that book. Yeah, I feel you, man. I you know I think we all wish that we could afford a fucking twenty thousand dollar X Men number one or or something else along those lines, you know. But <laughs> realistically, we gotta we gotta play within the uh, area that we can. <laughs> yeah. You know, and another thing that uh, talking about like money and stuff and playing within our means or playing within the area that you can, because what I ended up doing was I started just going crazy and collecting pretty much anything and everything. And I downloaded the Key Collector app and, you know, they're constantly sending you these books like, oh, hey, you know, this is hot. And then so I would like, oh, pick up this one. So, you know, I'd hop on eBay before the, the big buzz and I'd get it at a cheap price or whatever. And just, man... I kept doing that and kept doing that and my my stacks just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and so while I collected before uh it really enhanced during this quarantine just as an activity to do but you know some of these things I'm not attached to and I'm just you know kind of there with regret like why did I get this freaking book and so that's one of the things that I I definitely would advise people is to kind of be careful about you know that app and just using it for the right reasons because you can go down this dark path and you know, end up uh, with stuff that you don't want or excess books that you're not going to read and, you know, that don't really bring joy to to you. Um, you know, really, I, I, I'm big, obviously, Nerd Nostalgia, that's the name of the podcast. You got to collect the things that you like and collect the things that are going to bring you that sense of nostalgia, that feel-good stuff, you know, stuff that reminds you of your childhood, of better times. And so I think that's uh, that's my two cents about uh, about all that. Absolutely, yeah. I think that that is a mistake that many of us make, and, and I'm guilty of doing it as well. When, when I came back uh, to collecting, I installed the app, and it's, it's that excitement, that initial rush that you get when you start collecting again, and you just want everything. And then you have this app that is telling you, oh, these are the hot books. This is what you need to own. And then you start realizing that you're being influenced by an outside party that's telling you what you should own and what you should collect. And it took me a while because a lot of these books are cool and it's they're selling you a product, obviously. But as you continue to, to age and as you continue to evolve and as you continue to grow, you start realizing, A, it gets expensive B you're collecting these books. And like you mentioned, you don't read them. You have really no interest in these books and then see that in the long term, you're really not going to keep those books because there's no attachment to them. There's nothing really that like you just said, it's causing you to have that nostalgia, that, that feeling of, you know what, this makes me warm and fuzzy. <laughs> and so I did the same thing. I started buying everything left and right. I started buying, I would go to comic, you know, new comic book day and, and start picking up all these books. And then I had the stack and I would, I would just look at it. I, I really don't care for these books. And so we were on the same place. And I think that many, many of us go through that. Now that, 
you know, a couple years have passed. I am it's still and it's still tempting to pick up all these variants. I mean, you have all these artists that are creating these this beautiful artwork, but you need to be wise because because you'll end up in like this trap of like trying to collect all these uh, variants, right? You know, I mean, take fucking Last Ronin for example. It had like 70 or 69 or I forgot how many fucking variants it was, but that's a lot of fucking variants. That's excessive. And realistically, I went and looked through them and, you know, there was only a few that caught my eye, but I didn't even get any of those variants. I only got the A covers on those. Oh, 69 variants. And so there are people that went after all 71 variants because they're completists. They need to have everything of that stuff that they love. Um, In my case, I can't afford and I honestly, I, I really don't see the reason to have that many variants of that same book even though i love the turtles i you know that i absolutely uh am am obsessed with all things ninja turtles but that's one of the things as i started uh creating my own personality uh, you you need to have your own uh way of collecting and you need to make it your own because it'll make you enjoy collecting more if you buy anything and everything just because the so-called FOMO or fear of missing out, it'll really put you in an awkward position later on uh, unless you're rich. I mean, if you can afford to get everything and anything and that's what you want to do, I mean, be my guess. But it's more enjoyable when you have your certain characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on real quick. Yeah, if you are super rich and you're listening to this, by all means, head over to Gazer Collects page and look at his stuff he's got some great stuff and then head over to selling nerd nostalgia that's our sales page as well and, and pick up some stuff there we do claim sales raffles all that kind of stuff so does uh so does gazer but yeah anyways back back to you gazer yeah exactly let me know if you want to buy my extra stuff if you want everything and anything um <laughs> but yeah i've slowly uh i've i've evolved as a collector uh, now i collect the things i love the characters i love uh, for instance, I, I collect X-Men. Um, I usually don't collect runs, uh, but I do collect X-Men. I'm trying to complete 1 through 250 uh, to get that entire run. Um, uh, and so from the Marvel, I love X-Men. Uh, I do collect uh, Psylocke books, uh, very interesting characters to me. And, and I like uh, Havoc. And uh, from DC... Uh, my favorite character of all time is Mr. Miracle. Um, I absolutely love uh, the character and, and who he is and what he represents and his background and everything. Um, I, I really relate to him in a, in a sense. Um, obviously, Batman, you know, who doesn't like Batman? Awesome, bud. So we are, you know, coming up to the uh, to the end here. I have just a few more questions for you. You know, we've gone over slabs and we've gone over grading and we've gone over, you know, the... Um, comic app and and all that kind of stuff the uh, key collector app that is and so now let's let's talk about some comics you know what uh, what are you currently reading right now that's got your interest so uh, number one i'd probably say uh what i'm reading currently is something is killing the children uh it's a really cool indie book uh, written by james tinian it's released by boom studios it's it's actually gained a lot of popularity in the last few months, but it's 
definitely there's a reason for it. Uh, it's the hype is real. The book definitely deserves all the hype it's gotten. It's basically uh, the, there's a series of murders. All the children uh, in these different towns are are dying. They're disappearing. And I'm not going to give you too much of the story, but there's this uh, mysterious character called Erica Slaughter that comes in. And from there on, you just need to read the story. It's just, it's awesome. It brings back a lot of memories. If you like Stranger Things, if you like Stand By Me, uh, all those uh, Stephen King uh, stories, I highly recommend uh, Something is Killing the Children. Um, I'm a huge X-Men fan, so I've been also reading uh, what Hickman has been doing with uh, X House of X and House of M and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it started off with House of X and Powers of Ten, and now we're at uh, Ten of Swords or X of Swords. And uh, if you are not reading that, if you like X-Men and you're not reading uh, this story, you are definitely missing out. The, the the new world, the the universe that he's creating with these characters, it's something you need to to definitely dive into and 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 read and enjoy. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know the fans will definitely appreciate uh, that advice. What are what are some other books that have uh, kind of caught your interest or stuff that you're looking forward to? So there's two more books that I recommend. Also, they just started a couple months ago. The first one is going to be We Only Find Them When They're Dead, another Boom Studio uh, release. Uh, this is about these, uh, it's, it's a space sci-fi story. It's about the, this, this uh, crew that they find these uh, gods that, that are dead, basically. Space gods or uh, something along those lines. And they mine them. Uh, they, apparently they have this material that they can get out of them and they make money from them and uh but there's there's this interesting plot that develops and it's really interesting um it's only on its sec uh, third issue but uh i think it's going in the right direction i i'm looking forward to it and then uh last but uh not least uh, we just got the first issue of crossover I don't know if you had a chance to check it out. You know, I did, and uh, it was it was okay. Uh, I think I went in with really high expectations, and so it kind of jaded me. Well, crossover, I had mixed feelings about it. My my expectations were low, but then again, uh, for those like me that have faith in anything that Donny Cates, the writer extraordinaire from Austin, shout out Donny Cates. Yeah. Coming out of old Austin, Texas. Keeping it weird, man. <laughs> he he is writing the story where there's a there's a city or a town where there was this incident where comic book characters came to life. And it basically there was an eruption, there was this explosion and they just all appeared. And so but instead of saving people or what you expect from comic books, people started to die because it was this whole, it was like an event. And so there was this dome created on ground zero and all the characters uh, that came out of the books are trapped inside or live inside that dome. And so uh, the first issue basically talks about the effects and the uh what 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 that's created 
and then um, at the end of the book, there's one of the characters that live inside of the dome that escaped, and that's pretty much all I, I'm going to reveal about it. But what I thought was going to be okay actually really piqued my interest, and I'm really excited to see uh, what Donny Cates has in store for us with the story. So. I'm excited there. Yeah, you know what? Um, while while I wasn't like super wowed by it at the beginning, I think it has such a fucking high potential, and like the ceiling for it is just it's it's ridiculous. It's through the roof, literally, right? And so I think there's so much potential, and I think I think if they deliver, if Donnie delivers, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and for me, I think that the reason I like the book is because of that potential, because I got excited because it was something that really like left me like wanting more and left me, uh, you know, that thirsty for something exciting. I hope that it delivers. Uh, now my expectations are high, so I hope they don't let me down. <laughs> yeah, dude, I hear you. I, I will say this, though. It, it's totally built for the comic reader and the and the person that's an avid guy. I remember one of the, uh, the pages, it was like uh, the guy was trying to sell his comic books, and he went into the store and he was like, no, we don't accept those like pre-event fucking books or something along those lines. I forget what it was. And so it's totally uh, geared towards the uh, the nerds, the comic readers like like us, like in our like our listeners. But even with that, I still think that, you know, it didn't keep me as excited as um, as like the last Ronin did. I thought the last Ronin was absolutely beautiful. Um, if you haven't read that, people, I highly suggest that you do. It's fucking awesome. Uh, so far, it's one issue in. We should be getting the next one soon. But yeah, no, last round in is 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 amazing. So yeah, the the pre-event books and the post-event books. So yeah, it was interesting. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up the last Ronin. I completely blanked on that one. That is another fantastic book. Yeah, dude, I was absolutely blown away by it. I thought uh, I was so happy with the story because it was something that I had predicted. And so if you have caught the episodes, then you may know what that is. It's a kind of a spoiler if you haven't read it. But I was super stoked with what they did. And so I'm, I'm excited for, for the rest of that series. What I love about that is that they're not making an, a, an entire series out of it and that it's going to be contained in a limited amount of books. And I think when you do that, you write a better story when, when you're, you don't have the pressure of having to stretch it out. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. And something happened with the shipping, right? Like they weren't able to meet it. And so it's going to like, kind of like a low print run or low print-ish. What do you know about that? Yeah, the, the orders amounted to 130000 And they weren't able to produce that amount. A lot of stores including my local shop, were not able to get their initial order fulfilled. And so, yeah. Um, and that's, again, one of the downsizes, uh, downsides, may I uh, say, about so many variants, is that it kind of saturates the market. It throws too many books in there. And as a collector, it kind of, uh, it's a little, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say irritating, but it, it kind of... Uh, turns me off about collecting certain books. So that's I, I think that when it comes down to it, that A cover is the one that's going to hold the value because it's the one that everyone is going to look for instead of owning a random variant that no one even knew existed or has no 
appeal to everyone. Nice, yeah. And so my next question, we, we kind of just went over it without uh, just organically, you know, we talked about what, uh, what you're most excited about. And so you've kind of already answered that. But then the final question is going to be, you know, what are your favorite books that, uh, that are in your collection? The ones you're most proud of or, you know, just, uh, yeah, just favorite ones. Uh, as far as what I'm excited about, I probably can say that it's The, the Last Ronin uh, and Crossover, like, like we just mentioned. Um, as far as my favorite books in my collection, I can say that my favorite book is my uh, Mr. Miracle number one, uh, J- Jack Kirby cover, Jack Kirby story. Uh, like I said earlier, it's my, he's my favorite character. Um, and so I own a 9.6 on that one, White Pages, which is actually a pretty hard book to find and in such a high grade i kind of worked my way up to get that one so that that makes me pretty pretty happy uh second book i can probably say that it is my x-men number one that i recently uh, acquired uh it took a lot of sacrifice and a lot of effort but i can yeah dude congrats i saw you were excited about that oh man i still am I sent it out to CBCS because it's an originally uh, graded by CBCS copy uh, to get the new case. So it's still in Dallas right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm still waiting to get that back. Very excited to get that one back. And then my third favorite book, which is funny enough, I know we joke a, a, a around about it, but I'm going to say Turok number one, just for sake of discussion. And it started off as a gimmick and you know just having fun with it but now it's turned into this thing that's grown beyond me and just everyone in the community is having so much fun with it so i like what the book represents uh more than than what it means to me i think that what it represents as far as just having fun with it uh what it means to just share something with everyone else have a good laugh have a good time and and you you get to appreciate the book more just because of that. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to put that Turok number one there uh, as uh, one of my favorite books. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're crazy. That's hilarious. But tell them about that super rare one that you have. It's like quadruple sign, Jack Lee, fucking J. Scott Campbell. Who else? Who else? <laughs> yeah, so one of my auctions, uh, I, I like to have fun in my auctions. I just, I like to play, you know, jokes and and just make up stuff, you know. When when I when I present a book, I'll just say that the wrong, uh, the wrong first appearance, and just make up random things about the book. So I had this idea. I took my my Turok number one, and I just drew uh, all these signatures. And I would say that it, I have my special twenty thousand dollar copy, which is signed by Stan Lee, uh, Steranko. It's signed and remarked by Kevin Eastman, the creator of the Turtles. It's signed by Jack Kirby. It was his personal copy, I tell people, um, even though it was created, what, 20 years after <laughs> he died? <laughs> so, yeah, I like, to, I like to play around with that, but it's definitely uh, it's been cause for, for many laughs and, and, and a good time. Yeah, man. Every time I turn around, you get somebody else, somebody new to, to sign in. So it's crazy. Oh, yeah. It keeps getting signed. Uh, it, 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 for some reason, I don't know. It, it probably is. It's, 
it's taken a life of its own. Uh, with all these signatures, I think that the book is probably going to be, um, once I sell it, I'll be able to buy a house. That's the goal, uh, to get as many signatures and make that book worth uh, and sell it probably to uh, a millionaire that, that appreciates uh, a good collectible and, and be able to support you know, my family with it and probably retire uh, with that book. <laughs> That's, uh, so, so how many Turoks do you actually have right now? Funny story, um, I actually just got in the mail 20 copies of Turok number one. Uh, so there was a guy, like I said, it's, it's, it's such a great, uh, it, it's such a great reason for having so much fun. It, it causes all this, uh, uh, you know, uh, great relationships in the community. So someone uh, on Instagram messages me and he goes, hey man, look what I found, your favorite book. And he shows me this stack of Turoks. And he's like, I, I, I say, how many, how many can you get me? He was like, how many do you want? I was like, just grab me 20. And so he just mailed them and I just got them in the mail today. And so I'm, I'm, I'm planning something, something funny with them. So stay tuned for that. You'll probably see it soon. I absolutely hope that it's a Turok mystery box where it's only full of Turoks because that would be freaking amazing. But um, on the topic of grails and, and kind of talking this stuff, I'm curious, what is, what's something that you're chasing right now? What's a grail that you want in your collection that you're trying to work towards? Well, there's, I'm working my way towards a, a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. Uh, it's a second print. I can't afford a first print. A, sec, a, a first print is going for uh, anywhere between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars at the moment. So I went, I went a little uh, in my budget. So I'm working my way towards a second print, and and I'm very stoked to see that uh, among my other grails and to hang it on the wall. That's awesome, Gazer. I you know wish you the most success as far as uh, getting that grail and being able to hang it up on your wall. I, I really do hope that you get it. But yeah, man, this has been absolutely awesome. You know, just talking comics and comic co collecting, hunting, selling, all that stuff. I know our fans are going to appreciate this episode and appreciate you. And like I said before, you know, I, uh, I think this is something that we can definitely make on a monthly basis or at the very least a bi-monthly basis. So hopefully we'll get you back on the show and we can, uh, we can talk comics and, you know, maybe some other stuff as well. But until then, tell the people where they can find you or, you know, just whatever plugs that, uh, that you want to give. The, the floor is yours, my man. I appreciate it, man. This was, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to, to uh, talk comics again and talk uh, any other uh, topics you want to uh, bring up. Uh, you know, I follow your, your podcast, and it's, it's awesome. So, so many different uh, things. And but as far as plugs, I, I can only say, hey, if you want to follow me on Gazer Collects, uh, at Gazer Collects on Instagram, that, that would be great. So I appreciate you having me and look forward to the next one. Awesome, man. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, people. Make sure you head over to Instagram, follow him at Gazer Collects. You can also find him on our friends at nerd.nostalgia.podcast. Guys, please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five-star for us, help us grow our audience and viewership. So if you don't have an Apple Podcast, 
product or an Apple product. Sorry, I'm over here messing up. If you don't have an Apple product, that's okay. Follow us on Amazon, Google, anywhere and everywhere that you listen to your podcast. We're on all podcast platforms. But yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us. And I know you know the outro. I know you know the line. Remember, stay nerdy, my friends.